Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. So we just have to do it, guys. We have to talk about the Jesus joke that happened this week on the project by this uh, guy called Ruben Kay. Have you ever heard of him before? I had never heard of him before, but now I think the majority of the country have heard about Ruben Kay. So I want to unpack it today because I'm beginning to see such a pattern no no doubt you guys are beginning to see a pattern where this is like way more than a Jesus joke. So I find it really interesting how more and more and more it is the Christian community that the queer community are aiming their aggression towards, not any other faith, but Christianity. It's really interesting, isn't it? So I'm going to play you a few segments today, just in case you didn't hear about what happened. But last week, there was a segment on the project with this guy called Ruben Kay, who, like I said, I've never heard of him before until now. So he's an Australian comedian, singer, songwriter. Uh, Apparently he's a gay guy who is also a cabaret singer. Now, according to his own website, because I was really fascinated, I'm like, how did I miss this guy? I've never heard of him before. Because, you know, he's Australian, but hello, never heard of him. Now, according to his website, he is loud, politically active, queer, and brash. Now, of course, he's extremely popular on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. He travels the world with his live shows, which mostly are centered around um, comic acts and music. Uh, He's a, I'd call him a drag queen, pretty sure that's like, I'm not sure if that's how he would term himself, but he dresses really flamboyantly, bright, bold colors. He wears dresses, theatrical makeup, etc. So obviously he'd been in Sydney for the Mardi Gras, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later on in this episode as well. And he was doing a live interview on the project. Now there were four people interviewing him. Um, now the two main hosts, of course, are Walid Ali and Sarah Harris. And then there were two others, another guy and another girl. So I'm going to play a part of the interview in a minute, the part that had everyone raging. But the first thing I want to play to you is right at the start of the interview, something else happened that nobody else seems to be talking about. So I want to play it to you, but let me just give you context if you haven't seen it. So so Ruben Kay was wearing this bright red jacket and it had these eyes all over it with like like um, actual little eyelashes all over his coat. Now listen to what he says when Sarah Harris comments on his jacket. with that jacket too, which I love. I thought I'd dress for the occasion, just a little something to let the ACL know that all eyes are on them. (laughs) So he said, just a little something to let the ACL know that all eyes are on them. Now, in case you don't know who the ACL are, he's talking about the Australian Christian Lobby. Now, they are a lobby group, a grassroots movement group 
of people who are bringing a Christian influence into Australian politics. So there we are right at the start of the show before he barely says a word. He's having a dig already at a Christian lobby group. Now he obviously has a bone to pick, right? A score to settle with Christianity. Now out of all the political parties or or, th- or in any parties that he could have picked to talk about, he chooses this one. But remember, um, I said that in his bio, he refers to himself as a political activist. So I do wonder what it is he prides himself on being an activist for, because clearly he is very active about uh, against sorry Christianity, which you're going to see as we continue today. Now, it was the joke that he said towards the end of this interview. By the way, the entire interview was full of sexual puns and innuendos. It was really filthy, but it was the joke at the end that had everyone talking. Take a listen to this. (laughs) So I think it's hilarious when someone messages me and says, you have to accept Jesus's love or you will burn in hell because I love Jesus. I love any man who can get nailed for three days straight and come back for more. So I love Jesus. I love any man who can get nailed for three days straight and come back for more. Now, I left it going a bit there so you could hear all of the laughing. The biggest snort laugh at the end was from Sarah Harris, uh, the the female that was interviewing. And then she actually goes on to ask Waleed uh, if he had any questions about this, knowing, by the way, that Waleed is a Muslim. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. But obviously, he said this in reaction to people who he says leaves comments uh, on his TikTok saying that, well, you have to accept Jesus or you're going to burn in hell, right? Now, look, look, I'm not for that approach, right? The fire and brimstone, repent or burn in hell is not the best comment to leave. I completely agree. But his joke, it really is crass. Now, something that we really need to remember here, guys, this is being played uh, live during the project, which is mainstream television during a family viewing time slot. So I know there are people, mind you, I don't know why anyone plays that in their household. It is such a left-leaning show. Uh, But there were quite a few people that left outrage comments because their children were watching and they then had to explain what he meant. Now, I wanted to just rewind a little bit in history and tell you about someone that was really big on Australian television when I was growing up. And I just want to compare the two because I think it really shows us how far, how low society is or has gone in a very short amount of time. But when I was young, there was a comedian named Barry Humphreys. You can look him up, still around today. And he used to dress up in all sorts of different personalities. And we all knew that, you know, that's who he was. It was Barry Humphreys. He's a comedian. But one of his personalities was this woman. And his name when he dressed as this woman was Dame Edna Everidge. So clearly he is a man dressing as a woman, right? A man in drag. Now it was always tongue in cheek. It was playful. It was lighthearted. It was funny. uh, And there was no other agenda other than humor. Now, sometimes the jokes were crass, but really, like I, I jumped back on YouTube and was looking at some of them and the stuff that my mum would have been disgusted, like, oh my goodness, turn that over, you know, for me to listen to. Guys, by today's standards, they're nothing. They're so innocent. 
by today's standards. And Dame Edna is actually an Australian icon. He, Barry Humphreys, dresses as Dame Edna and goes on to different shows all around the world. Like he's really well loved. But the aim was entertainment. Now we fast forward a few decades and we've got something really different. What we've got here is political activism driving an ideology dressed up in drag. That's the best way that I could describe it. Political activism driving an ideology, but dressed up in drag. That's what's going on. Dame Edna Everidge was not a political activist. He was just an actor and a comedian. How on earth a few decades later has this become acceptable in primetime TV? Clearly, there is a push to make sexualized content mainstream because like I said, his whole interview was really quite disgusting. It also seems that the media is quite happy to normalize the concept of drag. Now, going back to Ruben Kay, his comment earlier in the show, and I'm quoting directly from him, is he said, there's something interesting about working in filth. I couldn't believe he said that. I don't find anything at all interesting about someone who finds working in filth amazing. I certainly do find it interesting that someone who celebrates filth is allowed on a family time slot, but this is where we're at. So when he said that joke, like I said, there were four people on the panel. Now the girls on the panel, they laugh. You could, you could hear them laughing. The other guy on the panel, he kind of looked down and raised his eyebrow. And Waleed, who, like I said before, I I think I commented about Waleed, he's actually a, a Muslim and he's been on the show, hosting the show for years and years and years. He just looked downright ticked. So the pushback on this was huge. And even now people are still a couple weeks or a week and a half later calling for the canceling of the project. So people immediately were outraged. So Waleed had to come out the next day with an apology. So I thought I'd play this to you as well. Last night, our guest told a joke which we know was deeply and needlessly offensive to many of you. We want to acknowledge the particular offence and hurt that that caused our Muslim, but especially our Christian viewers. We wouldn't knowingly broadcast it, of course. We acknowledge the offence that it caused, but more than that, we're sorry. Sarah Harris was also a part of the apology. She said something something to the effect that, you know, being a live interview, we didn't know that that was coming and we don't always have uh, time to be able to react appropriately. But people certainly did not buy her apology. I think they were a little bit more, uh, felt like Waleed's was more genuine. But hers, I mean, she she literally didn't just laugh once. She laughed multiple times. And so people found her apology, very ingenuous. So lots of thoughts about this. Now, remember I said Walid, uh, he's Muslim. So I did wonder what he thought about this, what he thought about even having Ruben Kay on the show, because as we know, Muslims are against homosexuality. So I Googled this too, because I thought, oh, okay, I've never actually read up on this myself. Like, is there a statement or something a bit more concrete about what it is that Muslims believe about uh, homosexuality. And 
I did find a statement that was written in 2018 on the Australian National Imams Council. Uh, You can read this yourself. It's titled Islam's Clear Position on Homosexuality. And I just wanted to read a little bit of it to you so that you um, could see for yourself. So uh, where shall I start? All right. Islam's position on homosexuality has always been clear and perspicuous from the time of the revelation of the Quran to our prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, 1400 years ago to this very day. The Islamic perspective is also consistent with Judaic and biblical perspectives as stipulated in the Holy Scriptures. From the Islamic standpoint, homosexuality is a forbidden action, a major sin, and anyone who partakes in it is considered a disobedient servant to Allah that will acquire his displeasure and disapproval. This is clearly stated in the three main sources of the Sharia, the Quran, the Sunnah, and the consensus of all scholars, which extends from the time of the Prophet till today. Uh, And it goes on to say there's never been any debate or discussion regarding this viewpoint amongst the scholars past or present, simply because the matter was always comprehensive and immutable. So that's pretty clear, right? Like they're not kind of beaten around the bush in any way there. So of course, you know, we can't speak for every Muslim, just like we can't speak on behalf of every Christian, but clearly the Muslim faith has been widely known to be against it. So I can imagine how conflicted Walid must have been, right, to have to interview this guy. Now, as a part of the apology, Walid said that the joke was offensive to Muslims, which made me think for a minute, why offensive to Muslims? But of course, it would be because they understand it's attacking our faith. And if our faith can be attacked, well, their faith can be attacked. So another thought I had was how hypocritical Reuben K is, right? So nobody can say anything against him or drag queens or the queer community, right? Because that's hate speech. But he, on the other hand, is allowed to say whatever he wants, no matter how offensive about our faith. How does that work? He can mock the ACL. He can mock Christianity. That's political activism. But if we said anything against the queer community, oh my gosh, it's hate speech. So the queer political activist community clearly think that they get to define what hate speech is, and they call anything that doesn't agree with their lifestyle hate speech, whereas we would say, no, we're speaking out of our value system. So you don't get to shout hate speech at everyone you don't agree with. That's not how it works. And I wonder if he's thought about this that the very reason that he can say something on national television and think that he can get away with it is because Christians are so accepting. Christians are therefore an easy target because we do what we believe our faith instructs us to do, to be loving, to be kind, to turn the other cheek. But on this one, I am really glad and really pleasantly surprised to see the pushback against this Jesus joke for a number of reasons. The main one being, this is becoming far more than a Jesus joke, right? So for people on social media who have responded with the whole, relax guys, can't you take a joke? Clearly, no, not this time. If it was just a joke, it's kind of whatever, go your hardest, 
it's not the first time that Christianity and Jesus have been mocked, and it certainly is not going to be the last time. And for all of those who perhaps haven't been paying attention, let me spell it out a little more clearly. Have we not noticed that the Religious Freedom Bill never got through Parliament last year? Freedom of religion, guys, is not fully protected here in Australia. It can be restricted based on the rights of others. The bill for further protection was shelved last year, just before the federal election. And I want to podcast about this so that people understand it more clearly. I mean, have we missed the fact right now that right now, and this very second, the Australian Law Reform Commission are proposing legal changes that are a genuine threat to Christian schools. Another podcast, guys, on this one should be coming soon. Have we forgotten that our state governments massively restricted our ability to meet in our churches during the pandemic while brothels and bottle shops stayed open and while tens of thousands were allowed to gather at sporting events? Did that make us pay attention? I find it so interesting that a Jesus joke can spark so much controversy while a library introducing drag queen reading time to two-year-olds in Tasmania hardly makes the cut. And that while a project host is laughing at the Jesus joke is sparking outrage, that Queensland have quietly passed a bill allowing anyone to falsify their birth certificate by allowing anyone over the age of 16 to alter their recorded sex. No questions asked. But if it takes a Jesus joke to wake people up, so be it. I'm all for it. Guys, this is sexualized content on primetime mainstream TV, and this is not okay. If you haven't heard the whole interview, it only goes for about eight eight minutes. I would suggest jump onto YouTube and have a listen. Since when is it okay to expose our children to, in his own words, Reuben Kay, in his own words, to filth? You know, just a few short decades ago, an interview like this would not have been allowed until after 10 p.m. So I'm wondering who is protecting the children because it's certainly not the media. Waleed isn't. Channel uh, 10, I think it is, sorry. Channel 10 isn't. We have to. It's up to us to say, hey, this is not okay. And clearly that's what people are starting to do. Now, myself as an adult Christian, like other Christians, right, we know that we're to love others, we're to love everyone, no matter who they are. But, and it's a really big but, it is about time that Christians stood up against segments like this, because this is going much further than loving one individual. There is a clear agenda here to actively expose our children, our teenagers, our young people to gender ideology. And this is not okay. At what point do Christians and society go, hey, enough. This is not hate speech. It is our responsibility to protect children, to protect teenagers. We cannot tolerate this. In fact, making this about tolerance, that's absolute rubbish. If by tolerance you mean that we have to sit by and tolerate while children are being exposed to sexually explicit content, then no. If by tolerance you mean that we have to celebrate our prime minister being the first in history to march in the Mardi Gras, then no. I mean, let me just park there for a little minute, guys. Our prime minister 
Did you did you guys see the pictures from the Mardi Gras that's just happened in Sydney? Now, the Mardi Gras on their website, it clearly states that this is a family-friendly event. They want you to bring your children to this event. They want you to bring your teenagers to this event. And if you, I mean, I had a look at some of the photos. It was actually, I really had to kind of Google through for a bit and go, where is some, I want to see some images of what went on. There were men in bondage clothing and tutus. There were men almost naked with nothing much than a, more than a leather G, G strap on, right? And their butts were just like butt naked. There were women half naked with only body paint, paint covering their private parts. There were women in bikinis and fishnet stockings. There were men in bikinis and net fish stockings, right? Now, these are the pictures that I'm describing I found on the ABC, right? Mainstream, paid for, by the way, by your and my tax dollars. And like I said, every bit of uh, the news media that you can find says that the Mardi Gras is family friendly. And there's our prime minister, guys. He's not just celebrating. He is participating with his very own labor float while right in front of his nose, children were amongst all of it. What the heck? I am barely, I'm seeing, I'm seeing mainstream media doing nothing more, nothing other than celebrating that our prime minister was there. Now, if I had children in my class just 10, 15 20 years ago, whose parents brought them to a parade like this, I would have been expected to report them to docs. But now our prime minister is encouraging it and he's actually participating in it. Meanwhile, Ashton School Library has a display for Pride Month. No problem, go for it. But the deputy would not allow Ashton when he asked her to put Christmas decorations up last December because that wasn't inclusive. Believe you me, I had to hold off from emailing. I was furious. Now, remember what I've said before previously. At first, we're told we must tolerate. But then when that's not enough, we're told we must celebrate. And then when that's not enough, the final demand, and we're seeing it right now, we must participate. And I wonder, when will we realize that our responsibility here is not to tolerate, but to protect? Because the agenda is not innocent or accidental. The agenda here is depraved and very intentional. It's way past the point of you do you and I'll do me. Because if we keep letting you do you, we're going to end up with Christian schools where we will not be safe to uphold our own Christian values and beliefs. We will be left with libraries where sexualized reading times will be the norm, where entire months for pride celebrations are set aside, while religious ones like Easter and Christmas will be banned, which, by the way, is already happening in childcare centers across New South Wales. We will end up with eight-year-olds who can change their gender. Oh, already got that one in Victoria. Parental rights will be a thing of the past. Pastors will be unable to preach in their own pulpits because that's going to be labeled hate speech and the list goes on and on and on. And this is happening while we all sit idly by in the name of inclusion and tolerance. And I'm wondering when we will wake up to the fact that the inclusion is not including us. First, they came after our sexuality. They got it. Then they came after marriage. They got that. Then they came after gender. They got that. They've come after our teenagers. They got them. 
Now they're coming after our Christian schools and our children and the very basic human right, our right to religious freedom. Now, based on how we're going, it won't be long before they're going to have all of that too. But the thing is, guys, there are actually far more of us than there are of them. It's just that our voices are quiet and theirs is loud. So no, it's not you do you and I'll do me because they will no longer let me do me. It'll only be acceptable when I do them. Now, each one of us has a responsibility to stand up, right? Like Waleed should have stood up. He had a responsibility, right? I just see everyone folding and it's just infuriating. He made an apology, but he knew that segment was coming. So he was complicit. School principals have a responsibility to stand up because very shortly it's going to be too late. Pastors have a responsibility to stand up and be the moral arbiters in society because that is what they've always been. Now, I've heard too many pastors lately go, oh, no, that's not my job. I just preach Jesus. Well, to those pastors, I say that was not how Christians in the past built hospitals and orphanages and set up feeding programs and schools. All those things were built by Christians and Christian leaders who got involved in the public square and, yes, the politics. Psychologists and doctors have a responsibility responsibility to stand up and to say no to gender reassignment surgery and clinics and puberty blockers. And the CEOs and boards of companies have the responsibility to stand up and stop being so scared of the aggressive activists by jumping on the latest woke bandwagons so they don't get cancelled. We're being coerced and we fall for it every single time. Guess what the next agenda is? The next agenda is, now listen to this list, the AFL, the NRL, the NBL, Rugby Australia, Football Australia, Cricket Australia, Tennis Australia, and Netball Australia are all about to work together or already are with the Albanese government to push, coerce, and guilt all Australians to say yes to the race-based referendum for Indigenous voice. Now, that is for another podcast, right? But once again, it doesn't matter what you think about it. You're not allowed to make your own decision. When you've got every sporting code in the country working with the government, then that means they're working for an agenda, which means if you go against it, you're going to be punished. There's only one acceptable way to answer that referendum, and that'll be the way that they all get together and tell us. Now, we've seen this before, guys, with the sacking of Israel Folau, the coerced resignation of Andrew Thorburn, and the hatred towards Margaret Court, and we're going to see more of it. But it cannot be missed on any of us that it's only one religion that's being mocked. There's only one religion here that's being attacked. Now, Reuben Kay has since responded, but guess what? Oh, he didn't apologize. He doubled down with even more aggression. But you know what was interesting? Go to his Instagram and have a look. Go to Reuben K's Instagram. He doubles down, but guess what? He turns his comments off. Interesting, isn't it? So while the project hosts, Waleed um, and Sarah Harris, uh, you know, have issued this groveling apology, Kay's just doubled down by reposting a clip of the controversial footage on Instagram alongside the caption, some heroes don't wear capes, they wear lashes. So he just thinks he's unbelievable. He, he's not saying sorry to you. 
He's not saying sorry to Christians. He's not saying sorry to the parents. He's not saying sorry to anybody. He's doubling down. But this is the thing. Kay has undermined himself and the community that he represents because while complaining about discrimination, he simultaneously discriminates himself. And in disrespecting the Christian community, he's actually also disrespected his own community because he's asking everyone else to live by a standard that he himself refuses to live by. Now, I thought I would finish off with the brilliant words of a Gogglebox, uh, one of the Gogglebox guys, where he said, and I think this is amazing, mutual respect is inclusive. Leading with love is inclusive and acceptance is inclusive. Now, last time I checked, these are all the things that the true Christian community do. We have mutual respect. We lead with love. We're all about acceptance. So last time I checked, it's actually the Christian community who are the inclusive ones. And that is the opposite to what we're seeing with the LGBT community. So it actually turns out that they're the exclusive ones. We just have to get a little more courage to call them out on it. There you go. Rant over, guys. I feel like I ranted for half an hour today, but um, I was going to talk about something else. I wanted to talk about how uh, how and why God is represented as he and father in the Bible. So unless something totally controversial happens in the next week, uh, that's what I'm hopefully going to talk about next week, but I just could not get past this whole Jesus joke. So I hope that's helped you guys to think through that. And um, I look forward to seeing people being a little bit more proactive in not just, it's not just standing up for Jesus per se, right? Like, like I said, Christianity, Jesus, they've always been mocked, but there is a much deeper agenda going on here. And that is what we have to say no to. That is what we've got to get the courage to stand up up to. So go get your courage on, guys. Go and do your little bit in your corner of the world. Thank you for joining me today. I love you guys so much. And I look forward to being with you on Friday. Otherwise, come join me next week. Meanwhile, if you could remember to subscribe, share, rate, a written review. I appreciate that so much. Thanks guys. Bye.